This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. The title tonight is this, Are We Really All in the Same Boat? And this is kind of something that I've been thinking about, kind of contemplating, and and I don't know, just just going over in my mind, because throughout the year, maybe you're like me, you've heard the phrase nonstop, well, we're all in the same boat. And I've heard that repeated over and over again, well, we're, we're all in the same boat. And early on, you know, I just simply nodded my head like, yeah, we're all in the same boat. I mean, yeah, here we are. And as the year has wore on, and as life has wore on, I mean, is anybody else, some years, it's December, and I'm like, man, where did the year go? It seems like it was just New Year. I feel like New Year's was about six or seven years ago right now. This has been like the longest year ever. And But the, it's been a great year. It's been a phenomenal year in my life. One of my best years I've ever had. It's been fantastic, and I love my life so much. But but I, but I've heard people talk nonstop, you know, well, uh, you know, we're all in the same boat. And, and, and as things have gone further and further into this thing with, you know, with uh, people afraid about money, people afraid about disease, people afraid about riots, people afraid about politics, and people are, are, are saying all this stuff, I'm realizing, wait a minute, if we're all in the same boat, why are some people totally having an awesome life and and they're and and they're facing the same things everybody else is but they're not scared they're not depressed they're not angry they're not you know they're they're not mad they're not nasty they're happy and then some people over here are just nothing bad's even happened to them but they're miserable and scared and stressed out and you don't even want to be around them why is that if we're in the exact same boat could there be two totally different groups of people. And and I'm talking about Christians here. I'm not even talking about people that don't know God versus people that do know God. I am seeing Christians that belong to the same family of God, the same father, the same beliefs, so to you know, more or less, more or less, but two totally different outlooks and two totally different perspectives. And as I'm thinking about this, it dawns on me that we may all be in the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. The, everybody, the storm, you know, there's storms going, there's always storms, all right? There, you know, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun, and there's always storms going on, and no doubt about it, everybody that we know in the world has at some way or another at least had some sort of effect on their life from all the crazy things this year. I'm not denying that, okay? You know, I was coaching third grade basketball. They canceled our season in March, and all the little kids are crying. And I'm like, well, guys, I don't know what to do. I, I mean, it was sad. It hurt my heart. And so we've all been affected in some way or another. But listen to me. We're all in the same storm, facing the same storm. But very apparently, we are not all in the same boat, same storm different boats. That's what I've determined. Same storm, different boats. Now, if you're curious as to what my boat is, can you go ahead and put a picture of my boat on there? This is my boat, okay? I don't know, you choose for you. This is my boat. This is the faith boat. And so there's storms going on, but I've got God and I've got America. Well, well, you know, (laughs) so there's the faith boat. That's, you know, and and I know so many people that this is what their boat looks like. There may be waters raging, but we're just plowing right through like, hey, you know what? There's stuff going on, but my life is good. My life is awesome because I've got Jesus. And then show boat number two. This is the fear boat. This is some guys capsizing in a canoe. And so I'm like, 
if we're going to be in a storm, I'd rather be in a U.S. naval warship than capsizing in a canoe. And, you know, that may seem like, I'm. listen, I'm not insensitive. I'm a very sensitive person. You guys know that. I'm a softie. I'm very sensitive. But I hate seeing Christians walking around, going through life, I'm nearly pretending like God isn't their father. When God is your father, when you realize that God is for you, he's not against you, it's super hard to be sad. It's, it's, it's nearly a challenge to be depressed when you realize that God's your dad, Jesus is your big brother, and they're on your side. I mean, seriously. And so, don't tell me, well, we're all in the same boat. We are not all in the same boat, and that's very obvious. Some people are capsizing in a canoe in the middle of a, of a massive storm, and some people are just plowing right through the exact same storm in a ship, in a warship, and they're ready to do battle. And so the storm is your circumstances, but the boat is your choice. Well, I don't believe that, man. I'll tell you what right now, man. Listen. You can choose how things are going to be in your life. And I'm telling you that right now. God said, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. There may be things that come up against me that weren't my fault that I didn't choose. I didn't choose to get cancer when I was a kid. I didn't choose to, to, to go crippled and couldn't walk anymore. I didn't choose that. But my parents did choose to say, well, we're not going to let it in like this. We're going to put up a fight. And in the name of Jesus, I was raised off of that deathbed. And I've been healed for 32 years now. And it's been incredible. Listen, we don't always choose the storms that come down the pike. But we can choose what boat we're going to get into. All right. And so I choose every day to be in the faith boat and i don't care what the storm is we are going to the other side who's with me all right so let's look at a few things here tonight flip with me to mark chapter four mark chapter four who's excited mark four we're going to look at verses 35 through 40 mark chapter four verses 35 through 40 and I'm very aware that people have faced things this year. I'm very aware that people have faced things in 2019, 18, 17. People face things every year. People have bad things happen every single year. We're fully aware of that, and we are here to help, and we know where to find the help. But I refuse to be depressed, and I refuse to let fear control my life. I will go where I want to go in the name of Jesus, where Jesus needs me to go. Fear will not tell me where I can and cannot go. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 40, and this is the story of Jesus calming the storm with the disciples. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, it says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. Well, where was the destination? The other side of the lake, right? I mean, you know that. They, let's go. He didn't say, let's start halfway and then if a storm comes, we'll, we'll curl up in a ball like sissies and we'll just, we won't go the rest of the way. We'll let the devil stop us from going where we're supposed to go. No. He said, let's go to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. A fierce storm came up. 
high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Now, look at this. So sometimes people are like, well, I must. I don't know, man. I, God must not be on my side. A storm came. Do you think God was on Jesus side? I would I mean, I would say so. Jesus is God. Right. And, you know, the, the Trinity deal. Listen. And so just because something bad happens, just become a because a storm comes, it doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God or that God's angry or that God sent it to get you because Jesus himself faced storms. And so it doesn't mean that that you're doing things wrong if a storm comes. It just means that, hey, storms come to everybody. Even Jesus himself faced storms. And so but look how Jesus handled it. Verse 38. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. That's how you handle a storm, man. You just take a nap right through that sucker, right? You get, you get in there, you lay your head down. And so the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence! Be still. Or your King James Bible says, Peace! Be still. And suddenly... The wind stopped and there was a great calm. And I've noticed that whenever I invite Jesus into the situation, things get better and I have a great calm all about my life. And so Jesus comes in, he stops the storm, there was a great calm, and then he asked them, why are you little sissy? So, well, no, he didn't say that, but he said, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, that's a fair question because you've got to realize that a bunch of these guys on the boat were professional sailors, right? You got Peter, James, John. These guys were fishermen. They, they had been through storms all the time. They had seen probably some really bad stuff in their day. And they're screaming and crying. And, and Jesus, you don't even care. You don't even care that we're going to drown. And people today still do that. Jesus, don't you even care of what I'm going through? Don't you even care? Do you even see what's going on? And he's, yes, of course, Jesus cares. Jesus is full of love, compassion, sympathy. Jesus cares about what we're going through. But you've got to realize that the storms don't scare Jesus. They don't. Now, you notice it said there, there were other boats that had followed them. I don't know what was going on in those boats, but not everybody was in the same boat at that point in time. These guys had Jesus in their boat and Jesus, with just a few words, stopped the entire thing. And so I'm telling you right now, Jesus said he would never leave you. He would never forsake you. Jesus is in the faith boat. If that's the boat you're in, he's in the boat with you. You're going to be okay. Yeah, there's a storm, but guess what? You're in the right boat. You are going to be okay. And how many people do, I mean, I know people, maybe you know people that, that they've not been abandoned by Jesus because Jesus doesn't abandon anybody, but they're still full of fear and they're forgetting that Jesus is even there with them right now. Not judging, not being mean, not a hater. But listen, there are people that I know that, at least by their words, and Jesus said that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so it's very easy to tell what's on somebody's heart because they speak those words out of their mouth according to Jesus. That's not psychology. That's the Bible, right? I mean, and so people that constantly speak negative words. Constantly speak fear and doubt and, and negative things. 
Don't tell me, well, they, they say that, but really on the inside of their heart, they're full of faith. No, they're not. You don't go around talking about bad things all the time if there's faith in your heart. Or else Jesus is a liar, and if, and if it's between you and him, I pick you, right? Jesus is not a liar. And so there are people everywhere right now that, that, that they're speaking negative words and they're speaking fear out of their hearts and out of their mouths. And I love everybody, but there's some people that I've got to choose to ignore right now, right? I mean, you ever been in that spot? It's not, not, not being hateful, not being mean, but if I listen to all of the, 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 the nasty, all of the trash, all of the fear that is coming out of your mouth, it's going to get on me. And I can't afford that. It's 2020. I've got to be as strong as I can possibly be right now. I don't need to be down. I don't need to be full of fear. I was talking to somebody the other day. I refinanced my house. It's a great time to do that if you're looking for that. Rates are the lowest they've been since 1971. So just look into that. And I've got a guy. But anyway, I know a guy. I know a guy, right? So, um... But anyway, so this nice lady comes and, and she's from another town and, and she's, you know, she's wanting to talk about the Lord and I'm like, hey man, let's talk about. So, so we're talking about church and about God. Wonderful Christian woman. She's, she's my notary. She's, I'm signing my papers with her and all this stuff. She came to my, and she's like, well, my church is thinking about reopening, but I'm just, I'm too afraid to go to church right now. And I'm like, what? You'll go into random strangers' houses all over the high desert and sign. But you're, of all places to go, church is the one place I'm not afraid to go. Now, I'm, I'm just being serious. I'm not. I'm, you you do you. I'll do me. But I'm telling you right now that there's there's places I don't want to go. Right? You know, my favorite grocery store. I don't want to go there after after it gets dark. But I still go. Come on. And you know, sometimes I share food for less stories with people. But anyway, yeah, we got a food for less story club. It's pretty funny. But at the same time, church is the one place that I am not afraid to go to, right? This should be the one place that I'm like, hey, that I need to go there. And she's, I, I miss it so bad, and it's not the same watching it on the Internet, and I just miss it so bad, but I don't know if I'm, I'm just afraid to go. And I'm like, my gosh, man, I, 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 I encourage you, go to your church. It's going to be okay. You're going to be all right. Go to your church. But listen, fear is, is trying to, to captivate people, and the the, the Fear that has swept the world concerns me a lot more than a lot of the other things facing the world right now, especially when it begins to get on to Christians. And so there's times that you've got to shut some things off and there's times that you've got to tune some people out. Remember a couple years ago, I was in Sequoia National Park, and I had Austin Brady with me. Austin Brady, the man. And, well, you know, he's our friend from church here. But anyway, so we're cruising through Sequoia there, and I just, I got this satellite radio thing going on, and we've turned to the Christian station, and, you know, we listen to a few Christian songs. And then this song comes on, and it was literally the worst song I've ever heard in my entire life. I, I punched my radio. That's how it was disgusting. So this song comes on and, 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 and this guy's singing about all these, you know, when life is this bad and when this happens. And then it gets to the, like the third verse. And he's like, when my child's dying of, when my child's dying of cancer and there's nothing I can do, I will. And I was like, shut up. My God, you're going to, why in the world would you say something like that? What? 
Well, that is, that was the I, and I've and I've said it and I'll say it, I would rather listen to the most vulgar gangster rap than put fear into my car and let my children hear something like that. That was awful. I've never heard such a terrible song. And I smacked my man, man shut that stuff off. I don't want to get that in because, listen, I've been in the spot where the child has cancer and is dying. And if your thing is, well, there's nothing, that's it, it's the end. If that's the type of junk you've been listening to, my God, what a bad spot to be in. There are things right now in this day and age, it's, it's going to determine what boat you're in. If you're going to be in the faith boat, you're going to leave junk like that behind you. When I, and you know, just speaking on this again, I'm talking about it a lot for some reason, but when I did have leukemia, my parents, what, they didn't just let anybody come in and visit me. And you know, that may sound rude, but, but we had people come, you know, drive an hour or two to come visit and, and kind of give their sympathies and, you know, they're there, it'll all be over soon, that type of stuff. And so they would have, they would get someone from the church or what, my uncle to stand guard at the door and Depending on your attitude and your outlook, you could come in and see me, or we would thank you for coming. But, but you know, if you're coming to feel sorry for me, as nice as that is, you were not allowed into the room. And that sounds mean now, but I'm really happy because I'm alive, right? You know, and, and nothing against feeling bad for people or sympathy, but that doesn't get people healed. And so I'm really glad that my parents had the guts and, 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 and the right knowledge of the word of God to stay in the faith boat. So let's look at a Bible story here. One of the most fascinating stories to me in all of scripture is the story of the 12 spies. Flip to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13. Who's glad they came tonight? Nick's glad. I knew Nick would be glad. He loves this stuff, right? Amen. All right. So Numbers chapter 13. And so what happens is, right, you know this, that they leave Egypt. They cross the Red Sea. Moses has rescued the Israelites and they make it to the outskirts of the promised land. And so Moses says, all right, here's what we got to do. We got to send in some scouts. We got to send in some guys to spy the land, scout out the land and tell us what it's going to take to conquer this place, because God had promised them a land flowing with milk and honey. Well, what does that mean? He promised them a wonderful new homeland that they could go in and live in, a land that had provision, a land that had wonderful natural resources, a land that they could set up and and, and establish a new nation in. And so they get there. Moses sends 12 guys, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, as you know, 10 guys come back with terrible reports, fear. Two guys come back with a faith report. And so what I'm getting at here is it's very interesting how two different people, two different groups in life can look at the exact same situation and come away with two totally different outlooks. It's nothing new. It's been going on for thousands of years, but two different people can face the exact same thing and come away with a totally different story, a totally different report. So Numbers chapter 13 Verse 27, here's the 10 guys. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there and are powerful, 
and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Now, if you read earlier in the chapter, this was the, this land was beautiful. In fact, the grapes, they had clusters of grapes so large, it says, it took two grown men to string it up on a pole and carry the cluster of grapes out. The pomegranates were, were huge, and it was just a bountiful land. And the guys, they come back, they're like, oh, yeah, it's everything that God said it was, but we will never, ever live there. We're, we're, we'll never be able to get into this land. And so look what happens here. Look at chapter 14, verse 1, just a few verses over. Because there's something crazy about fear. Fear is contagious. I've seen it. You've seen it. Fear, it probably spreads faster than any disease in this world. Because look at this. Within a matter of minutes, 10 people spread fear throughout 2 million people. Look at this, chapter 14, verse 1. So they, these guys were complaining and all this. <clears throat> then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Grown men crying like babies all through the night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. The two guys that just rescued them from 400 years of slavery, now they turn on those two guys. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? It would be better to return where the guys beat you every day and forced you to make bricks in the middle of the desert. That would be better than, oh my gosh, fear is nasty. Then they plotted among themselves Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. And I'm telling you now, man, as Christians, you have been delivered from Egypt. Egypt is your old life. Egypt is the old world you live in. Never, 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 ever say, you know what? I'm headed back to where I came from. I'm going. It was better off back there. Your worst day as a Christian is a million times better than your best day in the world because you were this close from hell and hell don't end. It's somebody that died and went to hell when Abraham Lincoln was president is still in hell right now. Somebody that died and went to hell 500 years ago, they're still there and they'll be there 10,000 years from now. It doesn't end. Never say I'm going back to Egypt. It was better off back there. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And that's what these guys were saying. And so the next thing you know, I mean, the day before, they love Moses and Aaron. They're the heroes. These are the savers. These are the guys that brought them through. And the next day, out with Moses. Let's get somebody else. Take us back to Egypt. Do you see how quickly fear can escalate a situation? And so right then, people went from pure happiness Yay, all of our dreams are coming true to panic. The fear was contagious and it spread throughout approximately two million people in a matter of one single night. That is absolutely terrible. And so look at this. I'm going to show you, though, what the two guys said, because remember, you ever heard the, the phrase, there's two sides to every story. You ever heard that? Well, there's a lot of truth to that. Sometimes there's more sides than that. But but in nearly any scenario, there seems to be always two different outlooks. 
And so here's what the two guys said. Chapter 14, verse 6, and, and I've cut up a little bit, but in chapter 13, Caleb says, let's go, we can conquer the land. Chapter 14, verse 6, two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing. That's how mad they were. Because when you're a faith person, fearfulness begins to actually just make you angry. I'm just being honest. If you're a person that's full of faith and you get around a bunch of people that have seen God do miracles and yet they still let fear control their lives, it'll tick you off. These are the same people that saw the Red Sea parted. These are the same people that saw ten plagues overtake Egypt. These are the same people that had seen all sorts of things. And here they are, Matt, and Joshua and Caleb are so angry at the fear, they rip their shirts off and they're, they're, they're ticked off. They tore their clothing. Verse 7, they said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he'll bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. Fear can reach such a point that it's rebellion against God. I'm going to say that again so they hear it in the back. Dave, listen, fear can reach such a point that it's rebellion against God. Something to consider. I mean, I know nobody wants to hear that. But they, but right here they said, don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless. Pray to us. They've got no protection, but the Lord is with us. So don't be afraid of them. And so, do you see this? Same storm, two different boats. Same storm, two different outlooks. Ten guys say, oh my gosh, this is the worst news ever. Two guys say, this is the best day of my life. We get to go in here, there's giants, and, 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 and they're helpless against us. They don't stand a chance. God's on our side, and they've got no protection. Your outlook... I'm just, this is my main point tonight. I, I've got to get some people to understand this. All right. This is, if I get you to get this, then I've, I've won tonight. Listen to me. Your outlook determines the boat that you are in. It is vital. It is crucial how you view and how you handle the storms of life. Because the same storms, everybody gets hit with marriage troubles, right? Come on. Listen. We all, but, but yet some people make it through, right? Everybody gets hit with health things, yet, you know, some people make it through. Everybody has financial crisis. Everybody has kid trouble. Everybody has job trouble. We all face the exact same storms. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, the troubles that you face are no different from what others experience. But God is faithful. And so you need to realize that We all face the same storms, but for those that will choose to believe the faith report, they make it through, and they're fine, and they're okay, and they come through better than they've ever been before. It's so important for us to realize that, and so your boat or your perspective is a powerful, powerful thing. Different perspectives get different outcomes, because listen to this. Of those people right there in Numbers 13, God got so ticked off, he told Moses, oh man, you know what, 
I'm done with these people. I'm through. They're on their own. In fact, I think the Lord kind of wanted to, you know, off some of them. But anyway, he didn't. He didn't because Moses steps and he's like, no, give him another chance. Please, 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 please give him another chance. And God says, all right, fine. All right, fine, 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 fine. Here's the deal. Tell them to head back out to the desert. And here's the deal. Only Joshua and Caleb will ever get to enter the promised land. Everybody else has to wander in the desert until they die off. Two different perspectives, two different outcomes. Because 40 years later, Joshua and Caleb crossed the Jordan River, tore down the walls of Jericho through God and shouting, and they conquered the promised land. But they had to wait for everybody else. God said none of these guys, not a one of them, above the age of 20, is allowed to get into the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb. My outlook, my, my, my perspective could keep me out of God's promised land for my life. And that is something to think about right now. That is something to consider. Our outlook and our perspective. So many people face the same thing but have two different outcomes. Two brothers were raised by an alcoholic father. One grew up to become an alcoholic himself. And when asked what happened, he said, I watched my father. The other brother grew up and never touched a drop of liquor in his life. And people asked, well, what happened to you? He said, I watched my father. Two boys raised by the same guy. They both watched him and they both made different choices because they both had different outlooks we don't have to be held back by our family we don't have to be held back by where we came from where we were born what was given to us or not given to us because no matter where we were born we were born again when we received jesus christ as our lord and savior the sample's name cannot hold me back or push me forward, I'm relying on God. He's my father, and this is my family. And so your perspective on things is significant in ways that you'll never understand. Well, we're all in the same boat in this one. Speak for yourself. I'm not in the same boat as a bunch of these clowns that I hear right now. Listen to me. I am don't don't put me in their boat. I'm in the faith boat and I'm plowing right through all this mess. And I'm like Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Not let's get stopped in the middle and, 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 and have our whole thing ruined. Let's get to the other side of this thing and make it through in the name of Jesus. And so, again, it's always just confounded me how two different people can face the exact same, exact same problems and get two totally different outcomes. I see people all over this room, and I know that you have faced major, massive storms that you overcame. You, I mean, I know you guys, right? You know me, right? I know you. You know me. We've been together a long time. We've been doing this a long time, right? We've been, we're in it for the long haul. And so I know some of the things that you overcame, and I know other people in this very town that have faced the exact same situations you faced, but maybe not even as bad as you had it. Yet you made it, and they didn't. And that's, again, not – got to always preface myself in 2012. I'm not judging. I'm not being mean. I'm not hateful. I'm not – you know – I love everybody. I'm a lover. I'm not a, I'm not a hater. I'm a lover. But why is it that you made it through some of the same stuff and your situation was a lot worse than other people that didn't even make it through? Why? You chose to switch boats. All right? You chose to get out of that, and you chose to get into the right boat 
with Jesus and let him handle the situation. I mean, seriously, I have seen miracles out of this room. Look at Isaiah chapter 8, verse 11. Could you do that for me? Isaiah chapter 8, verse 11. Here's a beautiful verse I stumbled across two years ago, and I love it. Isaiah chapter 8, and I'm, I don't know, I'm pretty much obsessed with the book of Isaiah. You know, you know what I mean? I read it a lot. I read it nearly every day. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 11. And man, th- this, this is an incredible verse. This is, this will set you free. This is a powerful, powerful verse. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 11. And so what I'm just trying to tell you is this, is that you don't have to be in the same boat that everybody else is in. You could get on into the naval warship with the, you know, the people of faith and just plow right through this sucker. All right. Same storm, different boats. Same storm, different boats. Isaiah 8, verse 11. The Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. I love that. Listen, what sets some people apart from others is that they're just so much better, so much stronger, so much. No, listen, your mindset, the way that you look at things, the way that you approach things will set you apart. And God gave Isaiah this warning. He said, listen, the Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. And the next few verses say, you know, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do. I mean, there's people that call everything a conspiracy right now. You're not supposed to do that. Now, if that hits close to home, that's between you and God. All right. That's, that's the Lord's talking to you. But, but he said, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do. That's verse 12. And don't live in dread of what frightens them. That's the end of verse 12. Don't live in dread of what frightens them. God told us we are not to have the same mindset. We are not to think like everybody else thinks. We may be staring at the same problem, but all that the people of faith see is potential for a great miracle. When David faced Goliath, everybody else, there's there's thousands of people watching like, Oh my gosh, we're getting ready to see a massacre. This dude is going to get tore up. But David, all he saw was the potential for the biggest miracle he had ever experienced in his life. And so, two different outlooks. Which outlook won? The outlook of faith. Faith wins. Faith over fear. Faith wins. Now sometimes it can get difficult. Because sometimes the giant is big. Sometimes the storm is big. But if you'll stick with faith, if you'll stick with choosing to believe no matter what it looks like, you are going to win. Well, I don't know if I'd say that's a pretty bold. I mean, you just don't know every situation. I don't need to know every situation. I know the word of God. It says, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I don't need to know all this other stuff. I just need to know the word of God. And so where everybody else saw potential for trouble, David saw the potential for the biggest victory the world had ever seen. What's your outlook? What is it that you're saying? What is it that you're speaking over your life? What is it that you're thinking about your life? What is your outlook? What boat are you in? The faith boat or the fear boat? Which one are you in? So I can say this, man. People have teased churches like us for years. I've heard it. We're, we are we are called, and I proudly wave this banner, a faith church, a word of faith church. And you know, people tease us for that. Oh, you guys are so you 
positive all the time, always expecting the, you know, you're just, and, and, you know, you gotta get realistic and, and, and you gotta, and, and I'm like, listen, I have never been more glad in my life than I am right now that we are a faith church. Never been more happy, never been more sure of this faith message from God's word than I am right now because I'm seeing victory after victory after victory after victory, not only in my life, but in so many people's lives that will choose to stick with the word of God and with the faith message. I see where I see some two people could be next to each other in the exact same situation. One person is just wilting and the other person is thriving. Same job, same town, same neighborhood, same family, whatever it is. Yet one person thrives while somebody else is drying. Why is that the faith boat, the faith message? What are you going to choose to believe? Whose report will you believe? And so I got to say, man, I like us. Do you like? I like you. <laughs> I like you guys. You're good people. You're, you're, you know, I like you. Well, most of you. Me and Cletus, we kind of run butt heads sometimes. But, you know, you know but we, we worked it out. We worked it out. But, but listen, uh, I like us. And the reason I do is because I like to be around people of faith. Especially when things get nasty, I want to be around people of faith. People that have the right perspective. All right, and I'm going to tell one of my favorite stories real quick. You guys got time for one more? Come on, somebody. All right. So one of my favorite stories. So I, I read, I read this that, that that they wanted to do an experiment with two two little boys. One little boy was a nonstop pessimist. Always saw the negative. Always saw. Always looked for the bad. You know anybody like that? That no matter what. You know, you could give them a million dollars, but if you wrote the check in blue ink, they're going to be mad about it, right? I mean, you know, they just, whatever the case is, just, there's people that always see the bad. So they got one little boy that's a chronic pessimist, negativity, and another little boy that is an optimist. Just no matter what bad happens, he always sees the good out of it. And so they take the pessimistic boy and they put him in a, in a locked room with video games, candy, TV, toys, everything that a little kid could want, every little thing. And so they lock him in there for a few hours, and then they come back, and, you know, they're like, okay, so how was your experience in the room? And so the little boy's like, it was awful. It's too many things, too many good things. The, the, uh, I, I couldn't decide what to do. I, I got stressed out. I was full of anxiety. I, I, it was awful. This, uh, it, was, it wasn't good at all. And so they're like, wow, I mean, come on. We, everything a kid could want. And so then... The optimistic, or the, 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 yeah, the optimistic boy, the boy that always saw the good, they locked him in a room full of horse poop. Up to your waist, horse manure everywhere, and, and so, and I mean, you know, surely he cannot find anything good out of this. And so they go back a few hours later, and here's that boy diving in, jumping out, having the time of his life, and they're like, what's, what, what is wrong with you? And he says, woohoo! Somewhere in this room is a pony, and I'm going to find him. (laughs) Listen, no matter what's going on, what's your outlook? Some people, they've been through a lot worse than others have, yet they're like, oh, somewhere in this is something really, really good. Somewhere in this, a miracle's going to happen, and there's a pony, and I can't wait to find him. It's got to be in here somewhere. The boat you are in is dependent upon your outlook 
and I'm going to say it, your faith level, your faith level. And so not being mean, not judging, not putting down on anybody, but I am telling you right now, it is critical for the people of God, the children of God, to start rising up and saying, you know what? God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, Second Timothy 1.7. It's time for the people of God to say, you know what? I will fear not, for God is with me. It's time. It's time for God's people to get out of this. Out of, well, we're all in the same boat. We Listen, speak for yourself. There are some people that I love, but I am not in the same boat as them. We may be in the same storm, but I am not getting in their boat because that boat's going to sink. I'm going to the other side, just like Jesus said. Who wants to be in the faith boat with me? All right. Very good. Very good. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.